welcome to the Corona of Thorns podcast. I'm Father Peter Zwans, and today is Tuesday of the fifth week of Easter. Let's pray. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. And with your spirit. To prepare ourselves, let us acknowledge our sins. I confess to Almighty God and to you, my brothers and sisters, that I have greatly sinned in my thoughts and in my words, in what I have done and in what I have failed to do, through my fault, through my fault, through my most grievous fault. Therefore I ask, Blessed Mary, ever-Virgin, all the angels and saints, and you, my brothers and sisters, to pray for me to the Lord our God. May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. Amen. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Let us pray. O God, who restore us to eternal life in the resurrection of Christ, Grant your people constancy in faith and hope, that we may never doubt the promises of which we have learned from you, through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. A reading from the Acts of the Apostles. Some Jews arrived from Antioch and Iconium, and turned the people against the Apostles. They stoned Paul and dragged him outside the town, thinking he was dead. The disciples came crowding round him, but as they did so, he stood up and went back to the town. The next day, he and Barnabas went off to Derbe. Having preached the good news in that town and made a considerable number of disciples, they went back through Lystra and Iconium to Antioch. They put fresh heart into the disciples, encouraging them to persevere in the faith. We all have to experience many hardships, they said, before we enter the kingdom of God. In each of these churches, they appointed elders, and with prayer and fasting, they commended them to the Lord in whom they had come to believe. They passed through Pisidia and reached Pamphylia. Then, after proclaiming the word at Perga, they went down to Italia and from there sailed for Antioch, where they had originally been commended to the grace of God for the work they had now completed. On their arrival, they assembled the church and gave an account of all that God had done with them and how he had opened the door of faith to the pagans. They stayed there with the disciples for some time. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Your friends tell the glory of your kingship, Lord. Your friends tell the glory of your kingship, Lord. All your creatures shall thank you, O Lord, and your friends shall repeat their blessing. They shall speak of the glory of your reign and declare your might, O God, to make known to men your mighty deeds and the glorious splendour of your reign. 
Your friends tell the glory of your kingship, Lord. Yours is an everlasting kingdom. Your rule lasts from age to age. Your friends tell the glory of your kingship, Lord. Let me speak the praise of the Lord. Let all mankind bless his holy name forever, for ages unending. Your friends tell the glory of your kingship, Lord. Alleluia, alleluia. Christ had to suffer and to rise from the dead, and so enter into his glory. Alleluia. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus said to his disciples, Peace I bequeath to you, my own peace I give you. A peace the world cannot give, this is my gift to you. Do not let your hearts be troubled or afraid. You heard me say, I am going away and shall return. If you loved me, you would have been glad to know that I am going to the Father, for the Father is greater than I. I have told you this now before it happens, so that when it does happen you may believe. I shall not talk with you any longer, because the Prince of this world is on his way. He has no power over me. But the world must be brought to know that I love the Father, and that I am doing exactly what the Father told me. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. The Gospel today brings us to some rather strange extremes. Jesus repeats that familiar phrase once more, Don't let your hearts be troubled or afraid. And yet he's about to go into his passion. The disciples are about to run away in fear. What is going to unfold from this moment on is a situation that is extremely troubling. And yet Jesus says you have reason for your hearts not to be troubled or afraid. Today the Lord goes on to say that the prince of this world has no power over me. And yet, when he goes into his passion, it looks like the prince of this world has absolute power over him. The thing about crucifixion as a form of execution was that it rendered its victim completely powerless. By having one's hands and feet nailed to the cross, you couldn't do a thing for yourself. You couldn't even scratch an itch. You were completely vulnerable to whatever someone wanted to do to you. You couldn't even defend yourself. Jesus says in the Gospel today, I am doing what the Father told me. And this is surprising too, because in the hours that lie ahead, he's going to look like a complete victim. It's going to look like everything is done to him, rather than he himself accomplishing anything. And then lastly, at the beginning of the Gospel today, Jesus says, Peace I bequeath to you, my own peace I give you. Ironic, then, that Jesus is about to suffer the most torturous and violent of deaths. All of this shows that things aren't always as they seem. That from God's perspective, things are measured according to a different standard. By our estimation, the hours of Christ's passion spell nothing but disaster and defeat. But Christ tells us, that in God's hands, even these hours are cause for us 
to be at peace because something greater is going on. And the recipe that allows us to see the greater picture, to look beyond the mere appearances to what God is accomplishing, is what Jesus has been speaking to us over these last few days in this 14th chapter. He's been saying to us that we need to believe and trust, that we need to love. And from this faith and love comes an abiding presence of Father, Son and Holy Spirit in us. This is the peace which Jesus gives us. The peace that the world cannot give. The world can only judge by appearances. But when we look to see the victory that he can snatch from the jaws of apparent defeat, we now have cause to be at peace. Historically, that theme of peace was quite important. Because when you consider Jesus was actually living at a real turning point in history, not just because he himself was the turning point in history, but because the Roman Empire was a turning point in history. Rome had established the kind of dominance that had brought about peace. It was known as the Pax Romana, the Roman peace. That because they had dominion over the world they were able to guarantee that Roman citizens could travel within the empire unharassed. And the reason why was because of the power of the Roman legion and the bloodiness of the Roman sword. This is the peace which the world gives. The peace that Christ bequeaths to us, that he gives us, is the peace that doesn't derive from power or dominance. Instead, it's the one that derives from this abiding relationship with God. It's a peace that doesn't come from the absence of conflict. It's a peace that comes from the fullness of life, of being connected with God, who is the source of life. Through the Holy Spirit, in Christ, we are connected to the Father. And here we have the peace of the true kingdom, of the kingdom of God, It's not the Pax Romana that assures our life. It is the peace which comes from Christ, the one who is the true king. And it's this kind of peace that can live in extremes, in the midst of hardship and uncertainty, in the midst of difficulty and of pain. We can remain at peace because God abides with us. And he accomplishes his plan, even when all appearances point to the opposite. I think this becomes an important message for us now, during this coronavirus pandemic. That our hearts need not be troubled or afraid, because we have from Christ the gift of his peace. The peace that doesn't come from the absence of conflict or strife or difficulty, but the peace that comes from a God who is with us, who loves us, and who keeps his promises. At the Saviour's command, and formed by divine teaching, we dare to say, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, And forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. 
and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Deliver us, Lord, we pray, from every evil. Graciously grant peace in our days, that by the help of your mercy, we may be always free from sin and safe from all distress, as we await the blessed hope and the coming of our Saviour, Jesus Christ. For the kingdom, the power and the glory are yours, now and forever. Let us welcome Christ into our hearts with an act of spiritual communion. My Jesus, I believe that you are present in the most holy sacrament. I love you above all things, and I desire to receive you into my soul. Since I cannot at this moment receive you sacramentally, come at least spiritually into my heart. I embrace you as if you were already there, and unite myself wholly to you. Never permit me to be separated from you. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. May Almighty God bless you, the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Go in peace. Thanks be to God. And we finish by praying Pope Francis's prayer to Mary during the coronavirus pandemic. O Mary, you shine continuously on our journey as a sign of salvation and hope. We entrust ourselves to you, health of the sick. At the foot of the cross, you participated in Jesus' pain with steadfast faith. You, salvation of the Roman people, know what we need. We are certain that you will provide, so that as you did in Cana of Galilee, joy and feasting might return after this moment of trial. Help us, Mother of Divine Love, to conform ourselves to the Father's will and to do what Jesus tells us. He who took our sufferings upon himself and bore our sorrows to bring us through the cross to the joy of the resurrection. Amen. We seek refuge under your protection, O Holy Mother of God. Do not despise our pleas we who are put to the test, and deliver us from every danger, O glorious and blessed Virgin. Amen. Thanks for praying with us, and may God bless you abundantly, so that this day may give glory to God the Father.